Hello, everyone. Welcome today. Uh, I'm Colette. Nice to meet you. I thought today I would go ahead and tell you all a little bit about why I've decided to start up this cozy moments business and this cozy experience. You know, I'm kind of the face behind like uh, having these cozy moments. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to understand where this all has come from and kind of my backstory and where my passions have come from. So I guess to get started, back in the day, um, I am, I've just had a, a, a crazy life, just like most of us from day to day. I, um, I grew up in the States. I've moved to the UK um, when I fell in love, of course, with the British man after I went to college. Um, had a pretty typical upbringing as a kid um, and fairly ba balanced house uh, growing up. And, um, you know, fast forward to kind of, um, you know, within the last five or six years, I've gotten married, happily married now, have three young kids. Um, and I used to work uh, the whole corporate career um, world, and that was really crazy. Uh, but but um, I had my second daughter and sorry, my first daughter, because I have a son and then I have two daughters. And so after Hannah was born, um, I had had a pretty good setup with work and I was able to go to three days a week because in the UK, you can do that really easily and you can work three days a week. And I thought, this is great. I've got this balance of having like, a, you know, this this life where I can work a bit and I can be with the kids. But it did feel like things were going a million miles a minute and and life was really, really busy. So Hannah was born. And then what happened after Hannah was born, um, she, I got made um, what was called in the UK is made redundant, which uh, for those in the US is like basically, um, it, it, it basically means you got fired uh, because they were doing lots of big cuts. And, um, and so I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, no problem. I'll, I'll just go find another job. And, um, you know, we can keep this thing going. And when we took a step back, we said, all right, well, maybe we should just make it so that because we were in between having Hannah and we knew we wanted to have Emma and it's like, well, want to be there for the kids and stuff if I can be. So James just said, why don't you stay at home and I'll, I'll do the career thing and you stay at home and you do that. So, um, you know, just had a pretty, pretty normal existence. And as far as that was concerned, but like, I really had these kind of desires, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be like the amazing mom, um, or mom and to have like, to have, well, to have, cause after I left corporate world, I thought, what are, you know, what am I going to do? So I thought, you know, I, maybe I'll have my own business or something like that. And I wanted to be great in this amazing business. And, you know, with my husband, we've always been kind of like equal providers. So I wanted to make sure we were both, um, on the same page and kind of, it wasn't just him doing all, you know, the hard earning and stuff like that. And that I could be providing and giving back as well. And mainly I think, um, 
I just wanted to be happy. I mean, I think like all of us, I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to have balance in my life. Um, and I just found like with the speed of things going, it was, um, it was really kind of intense, but I think internally what I wanted the most was my, it was funny because when I was growing up, my dad, my dad was really supportive, but he was one of these types that said, you know, Colette, you're going to grow up and you're never going to depend on anyone for money. Like you're going to, you're going to go out there and you're never going to have to depend on anyone else because you're going to go do it. You're going to be successful. And I think it stemmed basically from the fact that um, he just wanted to make sure like in case I didn't find a partner <laughs> maybe or in case like something unfortunate happened in my relationship that I'd be okay. And as a dad, he could relax about that. But this instilled kind of this internal desire in me, I think, to still want to work and to help out with the family and stuff like that. So I also wanted to be an amazing mother for my kids. Cause I mean, who doesn't want to be, you want to be this amazing mom. Um, I was fortunate enough when I was growing up that my mom was, um, was there for me when I got home from school. Um, and she was always there, you know, she didn't have to do much of anything, but she was just like that strong back and support. And so I wanted to be that for my kids as well. Um, and I think it's probably the dream of like most moms out there is you want to be there for your kids if you can. So, and, and the last thing that really made me want to like, I don't know, that, that gave me this desire, this dream is, is my daughter, Hannah, she, she's my middle child. And I remember the day that she was born because my son is, um, he is, uh, he's the eldest. And I remember the day that Hannah was born and uh, we'd just gone through the birth and all that stuff. And I managed to rest her on my chest. And I remember just looking down kind of at her and looking at her little head, sorry, looking at her little head, smelling her in and like just having that really amazing intense moment as a mom with your firstborn child or your child and then it kind of clicked with me it was like I'm gonna have to be the role model for this little girl and uh sorry um and that really just struck a chord I mean I think that really drove me more than anything to kind of, I have to lead by example here. And if I want to be this, uh, you know, this amazing parent and amazing career woman and all this kind of stuff that I was going to have to like pick up my A game. So what happened after that? Yeah. I, I had these desires. I wanted to still do stuff. You know, I was staying at home with the kids. I decided, you know, James, you go off and do it. But basically it came to this point where I was like, I, I feel like even though I'm not working anymore, I am starting to, uh, drown in day-to-day -day life. Why? why is this happening? I'm not working a job, but I think it was kind of like 
this whole thing of the kids going into the school system and all of a sudden it's like I'm getting like bombarded by emails from school and I'm having to like make sure one of the kids is wearing like a certain color that day and bake things for the bake sale. And oh, by the way, the kids have activities and ballet and, and rugby and football and whatever, you know, all the different stuff that's going on. And it just kept piling, piling, piling up as well as taking care of a house, making sure it looks nice, um, expecting to be social and also um, making sure I've good, healthy, balanced meals on the table, because that's really important as well. And, you know, it's just a lot of pressure that was building up. And I'm like, how am I feeling this way? Like, I have got the life. I don't have to work. And yet I'm still feeling like really overwhelmed by just being a mom at home. And then also still having these desires to want to be providing to society. So that was really quite difficult. Um, I had a lot of competing priorities in my head. I was giving myself a really hard time about it, always wanting to be like, try and be perfect and do the best that I can be and like really putting myself out there and just trying my hardest. But it was bringing me a lot of stress. And I was becoming like quite shouty with the kids and, you know, was just finding like, um, was just finding like, why am I feeling this way? I have got a great life. I've got a great life already. I've got like security at home. I have a, I'm a, you know, like we're homeowners. Um, We live in a safe community. I have three healthy um, children that are all well balanced. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? Why, why do I feel like, why do I feel like this? I should be like up on cloud nine. Why am I feeling like this? And, and then, and then I'm like, how am I going to be this awesome businesswoman? Um, if I can't even be like, if I can't even be kind to my kids, because I remember, I remember one time I'm trying to think of the exact moment, but there have been a few occasions where, and I'm not proud of it, but I've like really laid into the kids. I mean, really. And after those moments, I'm not proud of it, but, but you know, you go on and you think, okay, just like tomorrow's a new day and we'll, we'll step forward from that. But I'm like, it's not like I have these big tragedies happening in my life, but I'm still, feeling really overwhelmed. Um, And it's making me like have a bad relationship with my kids. It's making me snappy with my husband sometimes. And so I didn't really understand what was going on there. So, so then, so then coronavirus hit (laughs) earlier this year and I had, you know, all these dreams and desires or whatever. Coronavirus hit. And uh, if I thought it was bad before, oh, Oh my God, can you believe, like, I feel like everybody's life became this way. So in the UK, I don't know about in the States, but like there were lots of people that tried to come out and help, which was fantastic. I started to follow, like, I thought, okay, either coronavirus is going to own me or I'm going to own coronavirus. I got three young kids at home. They're all different age groups. And I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? Um, and it just seemed like a lot. 
even for me who wasn't working, I can't even imagine how it was for you uh, mums and parents out there that were working and were trying to do stuff with the kids. Like I, oh my God, hands down to you. But I was there on my own level. And the only thing that was bringing me sanity was routine. And so I made this little routine and I like write down and it's like every day I'm joining Joe Wicks YouTube um, hit workouts because I'm like trying to be like, okay, we got, we got to have some kind of routine here. And I was going through this routine. And um, so what ends up happening is uh, I get into this like mode of, okay, I'm going to try and do the best I can. But you know, it was all just going out the window. I'd create, okay, okay, this time we're going to do math. At this time we're going to do like this and we're going to have a snack. And then you know, and then, oh, and then we're going to do reading time together. And it was going okay for a while. But then at some point, it just kind of like, I think the monotony of it over a long period of time really started to drain you out. And I'll tell you what, I drank a lot of wine <laughs> during that time. I think everybody's drinking probably went through the roof at that point. So basically, what happened? So, so. I was going through a bit of a phase as well. It's like, well, everybody's at home. We're doing stuff to like make the experience better at home because we're all stuck at home. So what I did is I started doing a clear out of the house. It's like, okay, if we have a clear house, we'll have a clear mind and we can just be like a bit more sane. And there's not like a million toys scattered all over the living room floor. And uh, so I was doing this kind of like clear out and be like, okay, this is, this is going to charity. This is just like too far to be gone. And I'm just throwing that out. And then going through all these different things. And uh, I found all these old magazines and books that were um, in, in the corner of our living room. We have this big pile of like magazines that we'd bought, you know, like uh, yoga magazines and uh, home living and design magazines and, you know, The Economist and, you know, all this different kind of stuff and um, National Geographic as well. So I was going through that and I put it kind of aside one day because I needed um, my husband to look through his magazines um, before I got rid of them. And um, bless his heart, the next morning I had gone to sleep and I have to say my husband is good. I mean, he is amazing. Um, and uh, what ended up happening is he had let me sleep in for a little bit. And then he brought me up um, a coffee, which, see, I told you, I've, I've got the life. What is wrong? What was wrong with me? What's wrong with me? <laughs> You've got a husband bringing me coffee in bed. So I know, no complaints there. But so he brought me this coffee and he brings me this magazine from the pile downstairs, a National Geographic magazine that says the secret, no, no, sorry, the search for happiness what we can learn from Denmark, Costa Rica, and Singapore, the most joyful places on the planet. And I was like, oh, thanks, babe. Oh, and he told me, he's like, you might want to look at this because um, I know you're searching for something. So anyway, I saw that and I'm looking at Costa Rica. Get it. Hot place, nice beaches. Singapore, also hot climate. People are probably pretty chill there. Um, there's a, you know, it's very clean there. Nice. And then I'm thinking, Denmark, Denmark, isn't it Denmark? It's like raining half the year. It's dark half the year. Why are these people so happy? And um, 
And uh, are you kidding me? It's like it's like dark for half the year, rains a lot, just like the UK. And so as I started reading, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, why? Why is Denmark happy? So I started reading it, read the article. And I come across the fact that they like, a lot of it has to do with this, the state um, and what it's like in the state. Um, and basically, basically they're, they pay the highest tax out of any country, um, in the world, maybe the highest, but like definitely on the higher end. And you're like, okay, so they pay a lot of tax to their government as well, but a lot of their social needs are looked after. But the other main thing that they said in this article was that they practice this art of Hugo or Hugo, um, which I don't know if you've heard that word, but it's basically like the translation is like, uh, being cozy. Um, and the way that they described it is, um, you know, if you think of, oh, warm cups of coffee, um, sitting by the fire, putting yourself under, uh, warm blankets and, um, and, you know, you just, just sit back and enjoy the calm and the quiet and, um, and, you know, that when, when you feel all comfortable and you can have these nice cakes and do all these nice things that, um, that, uh, you'll basically be super happy and life will be all good. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with that, uh, to think about, and I'll tell you more about what happened in a little bit. So right after I'll come back and I'll tell you more about Hugo. Good to see you. Hey guys, so now we're back um, and we were just talking about where this whole um, experience of Hyde came from. Um, and as a reminder, it was kind of, um, I was talking about my origin story and how have I got into this whole crazy experience, this whole world of these cozy moments. So I was telling a story about my husband and and myself and how I found this National Geographic magazine that was talking about the happiest places in the world. And one of them was Denmark. And I was really shocked by that. So as I started to research it more, I found out about this um, feeling or experience that the Denmark people or the Danes go through, which they call Hygge. I think I'm pronouncing that right. So I'm sure I'll get corrected someday by someone. But anyway, so we have this Hugo, which was kind of like experiencing this cozy feeling when you're all wrapped up and almost like coddled by your mom and you just feel this really good sense of warmth and well-being. And it's really like taking care of yourself. So what did I do when I found, found out about this? So I was like, all right, if I'm going to get out of this stress world, I'm going to create a plan, right? And what I did they said, okay, if this is what makes me happy, is if this is what makes the Danes happy and they're in rainy, dark, um, 
mostly living inside Denmark, then what I have to do is start practicing these Hugo or these cozy moments like they're doing. So what do you, what did I do? What was the first thing I did? I went out and bought a bunch of books about Hugo. Hugh uh, by Mick, uh, Mick, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your last name, but I will get it someday. And hopefully someday um, I can speak to you about this. And then also the Danish art of happiness, Hugo by Marie Terrell Soderberg, which I'm hopefully pronouncing right as well. But basically in these books, I started learning about this Hugo. And um, I'll just quote what uh, Marie says here. It says, um, Hugo, like to meet you. Welcome to Hugo. Even though this world might, might be new to you, I'm sure you already know it from your own life. In a nutshell, it's the Danish word for finding happiness in the little things in life. So that's like, that's kind of amazing as well. Cause I was thinking, oh, so I don't have to be like rich or have loads of money or go to a spa to experience these little, these little moments that make them super happy. And um, Mick in his book, uh, he talks about, um, yeah, so he, he says, uh, recently I've come to realize that there might be an overlooked ingredient in the Danish recipe for happiness, Hugo. The word Hugo originates from the Norwegian word meaning well-being. Uh, for almost 500 years, Denmark and Norway were one kingdom until Denma Denmark lost Norway in 1814. Hugo appeared written Danish for the first time in the early 1800s. And the link between Hugo and well-being or happiness may be no coincidence. So then he goes on and he was explaining how Hugo and happiness and all that are, are linked to their lives. Um, but so you go into depth in, in these books and I start reading them and I'm really into it. And then I'm like, OK, so they say these are the things I need for Hugo. I need candles, I need magazines, I need uh, cozy throws, I need cozy pajama bottoms, um, I need face masks, obviously, really relaxing, cooling face masks, fires, good lighting. And so I start I start buying all this stuff and I'm, I'm researching it and uh, I feel like I got this now, I got this. I'm, I'm like the expert on Hugo. Um, so what ends up happening then is, like as the days are going on and I'm still dealing with my kids and it's like crazy and we have all the different activities and well, not during COVID, but we have like all these pressures built up and I'm trying to keep the house clean and get all the dinners ready and keep everybody healthy and happy and balanced, but really not myself. And I've got all this knowledge about Hugo, but I ran into a serious problem because I'm like, where am I going to have the time? Where am I going to have the time for this? Like to actually enjoy my Hugo. Um, so I had no time. And uh, even when I did find that time, like at night to be like, okay, all right, I'm just going to calm down right now. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to drink my wine. And I'm going to sit in front of the fire. You know what else I found? I couldn't switch off. I couldn't like, well, one, I couldn't put my phone down. And two, I couldn't like, switch off from like the millions of things going on in my mind. It wasn't, it wasn't relaxing in that way. And ultimately I was so tired at the end of the day and I just wanted to flop. So I could at least accomplish getting into my cozy clothes, but then I didn't have the energy to kind of like really switch off. And I thought like, why isn't this working? Why, why isn't this working for me? So 
So what I realized is that I really had to approach it in a different way. Um, and in order to experience those happy moments with Hugo, I had to um, like I had to reframe it. I had to make it work for me. And how I was able to do that was to look at some of the underlying problems I was facing, such as the no time, I couldn't switch off relaxing. And, and basically, the hardest thing was to really give myself that permission um, to create that space for myself. Um, with everything else competing in in my day, I was always still putting everyone else first. So I've come up with like systems myself, which sounds a bit a lot for, you know, like you shouldn't have to create this kind of stuff to allow yourself to experience this time. But I think when we live in such a busy uh, life with lots of competing demands and work and kids and all that kind of stuff, we are, um, we struggle, you know, we struggle to allow ourselves to do that. We struggle to find the time and, um, we struggle to, um, yeah, just like do lots of different things, like to, to get good sleep and, and all these things tie into that. Um, and yes, Haig is a state of mind. So um, completely, it completely is. And uh, so basically at the end of it, I was able to kind of create this environment, these, these systems, these tips, these tricks that were able to allow me to get into that state. Um, and I, And then, and then when I gave myself permission, and I was able to slow down and I was able to switch off and stop the demons in my head racing around and and all these competing priorities. Oh, I forgot I have to pack lunch tomorrow for so-and-so and I have to change out so-and-so's um, sport kit and, and all that. Once I was able to switch those things off, then that's when the real magic happened. That's when I was able to really tap into Haig or Hugo, sorry. And by doing that, it didn't matter. It like, like I could have bought, gone out and, you know, um, anyway, so yeah, that, I guess, I guess that's the main thing is, is I'm, I'm just so excited. I'm trying to pull all this really together, but I was really able to like, to experience that to its full effect when I got rid of these other obstacles in my way. So what has that done for me? I mean, now I'm able to practice these like cozy moments at home. I feel, um, you know, I was able to give myself permission to do it. And you know what? Now I am so much more balanced with my kids. Now that I've created that space and time for myself, I feel better than I've ever felt. I've, I've been able to clear my head and allow me to start um is 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 allowed me to start just being more myself and having that relaxed time now it's it's also allowed me to see the value of a healthy balanced life and and um 
I think the big kind of realization and lesson that I've learned is if you're able to take care of yourself first, then you're better equipped to care for others. So after I've practiced this yoga and these cozy moments and having an environment that's like that, I've been better for my children. I've been calmer in the day. I've been more organized. I've been able to like be kind to my, to my husband. I've, you know, and I've just been present with the children. And on top of that, I have now been able to start my own business. And I am now able to be better placed to serve others as well. And it's what I've always wanted. And my goal at the end of this is to help busy women like me, like everyone, you know, whether you have kids or not, whether you're married or not, um, to be able to achieve happiness, you know, to, to be balanced, to have this state of well-being. Um, and that, and I think the key to that in this crazy world is to learning the secrets of cozy moments and what a big impact they can have on our lives, no matter what your circumstances. So that, that to me, that is my promise to you today. I want to promise to you that like, I want to, I want to serve you. So I, I've, I've been able to find these ways to make it work for me. And I want to be able to bring that to everybody else because I think these cozy moments and this state of, and you know, this all ties into self care and things like that as well. And I know that's a big term that's used in, in the industry right now, but like, if we're able to tap into this stuff and care for ourselves first, then we will be able to care for others. So that's what I want to leave you with today. Um, and, you know, and maybe serve a wider co community, um, you know, not just your nearest and dearest, but, but the wider community. And I think that's what we're all on this planet for is to like look after each other and to be happy. That's what we want at the end of the day. Let's all just be happy. So I know that was all a little bit deep and stuff, but I did want to just give you guys the backstory today. I think you'll start hearing a lot more from me. Um, and yeah, I see a comment here, like, you know, that, um, <laughs> you know, that you're starting out when your family and your sister is, uh, listening to you. And so, yes, um, you have to fill your own cup first, just like on an airplane and you have to put the oxygen mask on you first before you can help someone else. And that is exactly right, Natalie. And, and, um, I love you so much. Um, and I just think, um, yeah, so I'm going to do my best to serve you and make this happen. So, Lots of love to you all. And I hope you have a great day. And if you can, just take a few minutes out of your day to turn around, face the corner and take a deep breath because that is like the first step to getting there. So here we go. Have a great day and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs> if I can turn it off. <laughs> which it looks like I won't be able to. No, there we go. All right. Bye. <laughs>